Hey, it's Nelly. And it's Juno. And you're listening to Two Addies and Coffee, please. Where we share unfiltered life experiences as young, badass Asian American women with ADHD. Welcome to episode 3 of Two Addies and a Coffee, Please. In this episode, we'll chat about how ADHD affects our dating life. To begin, what's your dating history, Juno? My dating history is pretty dominated by serious relationships until recently. My first relationship started in college, and in that relationship, our lives were really intertwined. We dropped out of college together, we went to a boot camp together, we moved to Denver together, and we lived in an apartment during that boot camp. I think when we went our separate ways after starting our first jobs, that's when we broke up. It was a mutual breakup, and that was about a little over a year. And then my second relationship started during my first job, and that one lasted about two and a half years. And I was a lot more conscious of my independence and didn't want to live together, but I'd say that one was also pretty serious. So after we broke up, I entered a chaotic period of lots of hookups and dating people, but I never really went on consistent dates where we met for a week and then we processed things and we met again the next week. It was always just talking a shit ton and then breaking it off after a couple of weeks. So I never learned how to date properly. Did you really enjoy being a serial monogamist and always being in relationships? In the beginning, I felt like it was making me move ahead faster because I got (laughs) my husband down. I know that sounds so serious, but that's how I think. When I enter a relationship, I'm like, am I going to marry you or am I not going to marry? I think in my first relationship, it was not really a question. I looked at my relationship in a very practical way, which is probably not a great thing for a relationship. I see that now. But I was like, this is what our plan is going to be. We're going to drop out. We're going to start this company. We're going to real estate together and we're going to move here. And it was so pragmatic. And I don't remember it being super romantic, especially after we started the boot camp. And in my second relationship, that's when I started getting really conflicted. And I was very conscious of the fact that in my previous relationship, I didn't feel romantic towards the end. So this one I was constantly questioning am I really into this but I think I thought a lot of things were really nice and beautiful about being in a relationship and experiencing things together and having romance and caring for each other but I was also very frustrated a lot of the times with independence and I think a lot of it was also related to ADHD which we'll dive into later did you ever freak him out when you're like yeah we're gonna be married and we're my husband <laughs> we're gonna do real estate together that freaked me out when you said that to me and I was like Oh my god, I'm sweating. I'm sweating so much. (laughs) Wait, I think that's when we realized. We were like, I freaked him out. And then we were talking about it. And then I forgot what he said. But he was basically like, I don't think there's the feelings there anymore. And I thought about it. And there was zero crying, zero hard feelings. It was almost so casual that it was a little bit off. Which shows how off the relationship was. Because it's almost like family, just good friends that cared about each other. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let me know if I can help. (laughs) But then I was like, oh, I guess my plans changed. I remember visiting you and you guys are doing everything together and I was like, oh damn, this is an intertwined life. And I felt like, I felt like the child and then you guys were (laughs) parents. (laughs) Yeah, we were living life together. It's like the definition of life partner. So contrary to Juno, I've spent most of my dating life or history being single, really enjoyed it. And then I met a lot of people, went on a lot of dates. And I think towards the later half of college, I was in a brief relationship. And then I'm single again as an adult. And I never really learned how to be in a relationship. (laughs) So why do you think you were single for so long? I think it's more of the mindset of there's so many fish in the sea and so many other (laughs) options that it was kind of the paradox of choice. You're like, 
oh, there's this thing and this thing and oh, this person or that person. So it's more like there's so many options out there that I didn't want to settle. And I hated the term settling and being tied down. And I felt like your youth is over and you have to be tied down to this person. And I think for the beginning half of college, it was more like I wanted to meet a lot of people and just have fun and enjoy life and being on my own and being independent and being my own person. And that was something I really valued, being independent and being able to formulate my own opinions and thoughts away from the influence of another person. Person. And then I think towards that later half of college, I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna die alone. <laughs> so I think like that kicked up some of the social pressure and the panic that I felt of dying alone. And I was like, okay, shit. Be in the mindset of thinking about shit a little bit more seriously. I think this was in large part because I guess everyone started pairing up towards the end of college. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And then I was also talking to older friends or my carpool buddy who was driving me to work. He was a decade older and telling me about his life, settling down a fiance and buying a house and things like that. And I was like, oh shit, that's adulthood. I gotta be in that mentality. He was telling me how he met his fiance in college and then they ended up getting married. And I was like, oh shit, I'm like gonna go and leave college and I need to find someone. It made me panic a little bit more. So I thought about it more and then entered a relationship. But I realized that I enjoy being single. So I'm really curious about the dating aspect because I do not have experience there. <laughs> uh, I do not really enjoy the process of dating. I think it's terrible. <laughs> uh, I think it's a social construct that needs to be destroyed immediately and it's only to feed the capitalism machine. In that sense, I do not enjoy it, but I do enjoy the aspect of being quote-unquote free and being able to do whatever you want when you want without someone else's opinion or input or influence so you literally can move to a different city get a new job change your location go to a different country without caring about anyone else so i feel like that's what i really enjoy about being single and having a lot of different options and my time is for myself and i don't need to share that with anyone else if i don't want to yeah i could really relate to that my first time being single as an adult so Nelly, you've dated a lot. What's your perspective on dating? I hate the process of dating because I think dating is such an archaic concept in which it involves the courtship of the traditional man and the traditional woman. And I think it's just that whole implicit silent agreements that people make with each other. I feel like for me, I don't necessarily have a lot of the common sense or the implicit silent rules just in my head. And I think it's mostly because I have other shit going on in my head that I don't pay attention to all these unimplicit things or silent agreements and things about who pays or who does what or text this many times or don't text this many times. So in general, I don't like <laughs> being in the process of dating. So I would usually meet a lot of different people instead of being necessarily involved with one person. I also think it's a waste of time and mostly because in college or as a young adult, not a lot of people are looking to settle down. So it's more testing the waters, meeting a lot of people and just having fun. So I think generally, as you mentioned, you look at something as either being a long-term relationship or not being anything at all. And I think of it as a waste of time because if you don't go into something with the mindset of getting value or something out of it then what are you really there for you just waste a lot of time and for me now time is very valuable I can definitely relate to the waste of time and seeing things as long-term or something that doesn't really matter. And I think that's one of the reasons that even if I don't think that a particular person is someone I'm going to have a long-term relationship with, if I decide to focus on it or I decide to not get distracted from it, I just end up escalating things. I don't know why. Once I start focusing on something, I either escalate it to like hook up right away and continue doing that for like a few days and then stop completely. 
or I decide to go on normal dates, but I don't really know how people go on casual dates and not escalate it into a relationship. I think the questions I ask and the things that I do just immediately escalate. Are you supposed to show this amount of affection? I've only been in serious relationships, so the way I act is in a relationship or a hookup. It's a very strong line for me. And when I talk to people, now I have to be like, I'm only here for casual stuff. I'm not looking for a relationship because if I don't, then I just stupidly somehow start acting like I'm in a relationship. So it's very confusing to me. And I think right now it's a waste of time for me completely. So I am looking to just make friends. Hope things can happen naturally in the future, but I want to stay single for a while right now. Oh, that's interesting that you mentioned that you just escalate things. Because for me, if someone escalates things, I feel like it's a prison. Like, I feel like I'm trapped. <laughs> the moment they open their mouth and say something, I'm just like, oh god, oh god, like the sinking feeling of being trapped. I think I feel trapped, but I fucking trap myself. I think it's because probably I always feel like, what does the other person want? It's really stupid. So you help them trap you, and you're <laughs> like, oh shit, I'm trapped, but I helped you do that. <laughs> And then I bounced the fuck. That's why I said I think I would go really deep, really hard. But it was always one to two weeks. And I would see them a lot during that time. And then I'll just send them a really nice message and explain to them why this cannot work. And I'm going to bounce. That happened enough times that I realized it's a really bad pattern. How do you think your ADHD affected your actual dates? You mentioned not knowing what the conventions are necessarily and that being a struggle. Yeah, I think it's really hard to pay attention and focus. And I mostly think it's because I have a lot of thoughts in my head. I'm always thinking about something else. And I'm also not super attentive. So it feels like I'm always in my own world. And I generally try to avoid situations in which I have to be on a one-on-one -on -one situation with another person because I know that I will get distracted or not pay attention or it will seem like that to another person if I'm fidgeting that I'm not paying attention. But when I do fidget is when I'm paying attention. So I generally try not to be on one-on-one -on -one situations. But obviously on a date, you're going to be on one-on-one -on -one situations with another another person. So I think for that sense, I think it's really hard for me to focus on what the person is saying or know what the natural next topic is going to be because they could be talking about like cocktails and I'm like, oh, that reminds me of a giraffe. I literally make that connection. But I think for them, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I think for them, it's like <laughs> not a very natural next topic of conversation. Whereas for me, I'm thinking about five different things and how it all relates together and listening to them too. But I'm just in my own head a lot of times. So for them, it seems like I'm not not paying attention but I actually am or it might seem like I'm not interested but I actually am so then it also is in conflict with the traditional implicit rules of dating where you have to make eye contact and I don't know I guess not fidget and then build onto the conversation what the other person said I understand that concept but my brain just doesn't think that way <laughs> so I need a fidget I would always be playing with a straw or like tearing paper up or I don't know, shifting my seat and I think other people just watching me squirm in my seat makes them <laughs> uncomfortable because they're like shit am I making her uncomfortable but I just think that I need a squirm I need to move so I really enjoy things where I can move around and talk and walk with the person but then I will also get distracted and just walk off by myself <laughs> and I forget that the other person's there and I'm just like oh shit where is that person I'll turn around I'm like okay okay like focus Nelly focus like you're here with someone else not just by yourself so I think those are the things I struggle with the most. That's so funny. I rip up napkins and I rip up, you know, when you get like a hot cup of coffee, they give you like a paper holder. I always rip yeah. those. And I think people pointed it out to me and I didn't realize. Also, I just remember two things. When you said you zone out and it has to be normal or jumping around topics. Yeah. I remember that's why 
I always had weed. Well, I don't necessarily recommend it now, but it served two purposes. One, when I was bored out of my mind, if I was high, it was a little bit more interesting. And two, it gave me an excuse when they asked me a question or they made a comment. And I totally ignored it because I don't know what happened. And I just started talking about something else and I could be like, oh, I'm high. It's because of my discomfort from not being always able to pay attention or build on everything because I wasn't focusing properly or having scattered thoughts and not being able to share my scattered thoughts because it's not the norm to jump around so many topics in a conversation. But when you're high, people kind of excuse that a little bit more or expect that. And people always asked me if I was high when I was sober and way before I started smoking weed. So this worked out for me. Yeah, I get that comment all the time. And so he's like, are you high? And I'm like, no, I'm like, this is me sober. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to people thinking you were high are there any other reactions that you got to your behavior during dates yeah i would say people just thought i was really caffeinated or really drunk or super hyper and they just didn't really understand the chaotic energy i think that was when i really noticed i have a lot of chaotic energy and i have to tone it down but then that would either get me super anxious and then i would have to not say anything or do anything that's out of character so then i just become mute <laughs> which is not the best but it's just i'm either chaotic and my natural self or i am more aware of how i am being perceived i'm just like okay let's just shut the fuck up now and then i become mute (laughs) what are some of the reactions that you've gotten I would say another thing that people got really scared of was how impulsive I was. Because even before talking to them, I would be extremely impatient. I was like, let's meet now. I'll go to your place now. And I was kind of a little bit reckless. I think that scared people a tiny bit. (laughs) Interesting. I could see why. (laughs) But it would only be for a very short period of time. For example, I would go to their place and I would hang out with them the whole day for three days or something. And they would be like, oh my god, what a way to spend a weekend. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, this is me like on a daily. And I would send like a really nice message or I would talk on the phone and be like, oh yeah, this is why we can't be a thing. Learning something by like, talking to someone new. I know that's a very shallow way to think, but that's how I thought. <laughs> Interesting. So you hyper-focus on this one person. I think for me, I don't hyper-focus that far ahead. <laughs> but I would end up being more distracted by other people and other stuff going on in my life. And then I would just get distracted and not go back to this dating scene. Yeah. Although sometimes I hyper-focus on things. But if I did end up not seeing them like every day or next week or something, then there would be multiple people. And then if they were boring, not because they were boring, but just I got bored because my mind thinks so quickly. So I need new information, new inputs. So I would talk to different people because it just kept me stimulated by the types of conversations we have, what they're interested in. And I have like a very broad range of things that I want to talk about. Having multiple people with different interests really helped that. I think the constant need for high intensity stimulation or just exciting events it makes it hard to just stick to one thing or one routine. So I think I definitely understand trying to seek out new excitement because I think if something gets boring or monotonous or routine, my brain just checks out and I need that intensity or whatever for a large portion of my work or college. If there's like a deadline, I would schedule dates right beforehand. So it makes it so I could focus on my work later and do that. But also it breaks up the day of being a student. And then you're like, oh, what is this? Something new and exciting. And I do this for a few hours and then I need to do work and then I need to send this in before the deadline. So I think definitely scheduling dates right beforehand and situation of a lot of things going on makes me focus so much better. Definitely did the same thing. (laughs) I think I would have interviews I'm giving and in between them, I would go on dates or when I had something to do the next day, I think before I get fire on my ass the day before or two days before, sometimes I need a few hours. So I would go on a date at night at 10 p.m. And then I'll come back and I would work and stay up and not sleep that day. It helped me focus too. And it kept me excited and interested in things because I feel like it's worse 
Like I also have bipolar disorder. If I don't do enough things, then I risk being depressed, which is even worse for work. So I have to keep doing things to stay interested and engaged and force myself to like focus. Did you ever tell them that, oh, hey, I have a huge deadline today or like tomorrow? I tried to not say things because I think I've already gotten a lot of reactions. Like, why do you act like this? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I care that much to tell them, but I wouldn't go too long explaining it because it was boring. Because I'm so used to having huge deadlines that it's not really a big thing for me. So I just don't end up talking about it a lot. But I think there were a couple of times I would bring it up and it would freak them out and they would think it's a joke. But I was just like, eh, it's fine. I'm like, are you sure you can be here? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> How about you? Did you ever tell people and what were the reactions? Yeah, I think I definitely did. I feel like when I'm doing something or focus on whatever is around me in terms of deadlines or things that are big that are coming up, I kind of just word vomit whatever is happening in my life right now. So I'll probably just say like, oh, I have this to do and doing this and doing this. What are you doing? And, <laughs> and they'll give me a short answer. And I'm like, oh my God, that reminds me of something else. And then just chaotic energy and word vomit all the way out. And I think it's because if they're a stranger or someone that I don't know, or I don't really have a lot of stake in maintaining the conversation, I can just word vomit a bunch of things. And then I'm like, I'm good. What's up? You're expecting the other person to keep at your pace of words and ideas. But sometimes it's just very slow. And then you're like, oh, okay, like I've gotten my daily input of spiciness and now I need to do work. And I think dating apps definitely play a huge role in terms of the dating aspect. So for me, every time I was bored or had nothing else to do, it would just be whipping out your dating app and just playing with it. And it's like that next dopamine hit when you get a match or someone gets a message. And I think that plays into like a feedback loop of every time I'm bored, I'll play on this dating app and swipe. Obviously, don't do that. That not healthy. <laughs> but I think for me, as also someone who gets bored easily, people with ADHD generally have low levels of dopamine. So like for me, I didn't really know that at that point. But it's just like, oh, okay, cool. I can do this. And I think it's the same design that they have for lotteries where they just keep going and going and going. And I feel like that was part of my addictive personality where I'm like, oh my God, this is fun. And I'll do that. And you hyper focus for all of that process. And then you get bored and you're like, oh, delete this. This is not fun. It's important to understand why you're doing something and not just do it straight through because then you waste a lot of time and obviously other people's time as well, which I do understand now. <laughs> So we talk a lot about our dating experiences. How do you think ADHD affects your relationships since you've been in mostly long-term serious relationships? I think the biggest way it impacted me was the sense of instability that I got in my life. I never trusted myself to do work. That whole cycle of not getting things done, feeling guilty, doing nothing, and then doing everything I want doesn't really work when you're in a relationship and you have routines like hey these times of the week we're gonna go work out this is when we're gonna go hiking and you don't want to just be like oh by the way i have a shit show right now for work because of xyz bye <laughs> for a couple days it's not very respectful i think this is part of my fear of being vulnerable i wouldn't really share my struggles and there were days when i did legit nothing and i looked out the window or i got distracted do a bunch of things but i did zero work so obviously i am completely fucked but like i can't express that and i was also undiagnosed with adhd so i didn't know why i was doing this so it was a combination of me feeling like ashamed and also like, a couple times i did share i think it freaked him out <laughs> and i didn't want him to worry and i did the same thing with my mom so i just always didn't really talk about it but there was always something in the back of my head i felt like i couldn't be in a relationship because I needed to be stable first or got the life I needed first. 
So if you spend a large portion of your adult life with another person or being in a relationship, and usually you're in a relationship, you're vulnerable, you're open, did you ever have to hide that aspect of yourself of like not knowing anything or like not doing anything? Because I think it's definitely hard for other people to understand. Oh, I did not do anything for a week. I literally have nothing to show for work and then having to cram it in at the end. I think for sure because I feel like one of the things of being in a relationship is helping the other person be a better person. Like you're constantly growing together and all this stuff and it felt so guilty that I just didn't do anything. And I think like at the time my boyfriend was always working really hard and I always felt in comparison I just did nothing. And I think when I tried to explain it it just sounded so shitty. He knew that I had this procrastination habit and I was frustrated right before deadline but he didn't understand how extreme it was and I wouldn't let him know how extreme it was. And I think I paid $300-$400 for a co-working space once because I was so like I needed to focus and that also didn't work it just feels shitty to be like oh yeah I tried this 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 and I keep failing and I just thought I was really lazy not (laughs) self-sufficient it affects the stability of the relationship sometimes because you want to be able to plan together you want to be able to like trust that each person will get their stuff done everyone talks about work-life balance but I'd never really had one how about you did you ever experience any of that stuff when you were in your relationship I would say definitely yes, because I don't know what happened, but I just didn't do anything. I don't know why, but there would be long periods of time where I like did nothing, but then I needed distractions or stuff to stay focused. I distract other people so I can be focused later and no one wants to be around me and get distracted. So it's like, I can't focus then if I don't get distracted, but then I'll be taking time away from other people. So it was just really hard to maintain entertaining myself and then doing my work. But then when you're with another person, you're always relying on them to be your person to talk to or just whenever you're distracted, I would talk to this person. (laughs) He was like, why the fuck are you calling me all the time? Like definitely not that aggressively, but it's just I knew I got distracted more. So I have to find other ways to entertain myself. I think it was hard because everyone else around me obviously was focusing on their own works. I had no one to like just fuck around with and get distracted and do different things and just have this high intensity of having fun and then working because everyone wants to work first and then have fun later so I think that was definitely like a point of contention feeds into my boredom and when I get bored I get really impulsive the boredom feeds the impulsivity and the impulsivity satiates the boredom but it needs to be constant and if there's one thing missing I will get so bored and being bored makes me super depressed. And I will find random things to do just so I, I would not be bored. Literally anything. Okay, really relate to when you said that other people always treat work first and you have no one to fuck around with. I started my second relationship when he was unemployed for a while. And I think that's what made it exciting for me because it fits with my lifestyle. I mean, that's kind of fucked, but it really does. I guess I'm very privileged to have flexible hours and working from home, but I think that's what exacerbated me not getting anything done. I get very sad when I want to do all these things and everyone else prioritizes work. And at first I thought they were like not... Mm -hmm. I thought they didn't want to hang out or they didn't prioritize hanging out because I'm down to hang out now like whenever and I think Nelly you were the only person (laughs) who ever wanted to do that with me and everyone else is like I have work even when they're working from home and I was like what are you talking about yeah I'm just like what you're at home what the fuck are you doing you're (laughs) free but I think for other people I never understood the concept of I have to do work so I need to block out this time I'm like what do you mean I used to think people were lying because I'm just like (laughs) you can get this done so fast a few hours before the deadline that's so easy how can you not do that But then for other people, they need to chip away at it at long periods of time where they're working on it. And it took me a really long time to understand. And mostly because I had to observe people in college and how they worked and how they studied. And then I was like, oh shit, that's normal. Like 
people do that. They don't just say when, where I'm free to hang anytime because people are like, I need to work. I'm just like, what is that concept? For me, it was just, <laughs> I'm ready to hang anytime, anywhere, any place. You want to go to Hawaii? On a weekend, I'm down. I'm game. I might have a midterm on Monday. I'm down. And no one else was as down as I was. I remember you would come visit me. You had like a massive exam. You didn't study anything yet. And I was like, oh my God, Nelly. But I also understood. I think that's one of the things that also affected the relationship a lot. The fact that I was so impulsive and so spontaneous that it kind of scared him. I'd either be flying places or picking up entire new hobbies and dabbling like, ooh, should I have a career in this? Should I have a career in this? And I think like went through like this modeling phase or like there's some other stuff. It's just my interest is just exploring interests. Like exploring is my interest. And I like just doing a lot of things at once. So now that I know I have ADHD, that's the reason I need this. It makes me feel a lot better. And I feel like I can communicate that in my future relationship. But I think it was very difficult not knowing this. I guess when he got anxious about you trying all these new hobbies and flying to different places, did it ever inhibited you from being like your authentic self? There are definitely times I felt that way, not even with like a relationship, but also with, but I do think when you do find someone that you really love and you're committed to this relationship, you have to find a balance because the cons might be being less independent, but there are so many pros to having relationships, especially when you guys are compatible and align on the same values and can help each other go towards the future that each of you want. I think the most important thing is that both people are aware of what their future priorities and goals are. And if they align, that's awesome. But you shouldn't force them to align. Definitely agree with them. Not bashing on relationships. <laughs> but I think it's just you have to know yourself well enough. And I think that was one of the parts that was missing where I didn't know I had ADHD or anxiety or things that you did. And you're like, I know I do this, but I don't have a name for it. And I think now that I have a name for it and things make sense in my head, and you can explain why you behave in certain ways instead of just getting into arguments of miscommunication. And I think it's because they are coming in with this preconception of neurotypical brains or people thinking like them. But I'm coming in with the perspective that everyone thinks like me. Not everyone thinks like me, but just the way that I function is quote unquote normal. But now that I know that's not normal, it's atypical, you can fully understand yourself so you can bring that into a relationship. And I definitely agree that it is rewarding when it is the right person and the right time and it doesn't feel like they're taking away time from you or inhibiting you. You help each other grow and be better people and it's kind of like a merger and less of an acquisition you both have something to bring to the table so i definitely do know that relationships are very fruitful and great to have but it has to be the right priorities and values and you just have to align them damn like what the fuck are the chances of that happening last year was like the first time i was single as a working adult for like an extended period of time even now i'm not prepared to be in a relationship because i have some things to work on knowing my adhd and bipolar disorder makes a significant improvement to my ability to communicate things to other people and like understand what my needs are and get the support i need so i think now i'm definitely more equipped to take care of myself in a relationship but still not completely ready <laughs> so now that you're single yay or nay Yay for being single. I need to be single right now. Yeah, how about you? I would say happily single. I think it's very important for me, especially to find that independence and formulate all my thoughts and really focus on what I want in life. And I think a lot of people don't really question that as much when they're with other people or it's like, oh, what my life is with another person. It's always in the opinion of joint lives instead of separate things or separate values and then see 
I guess my perspective on being single has changed a lot because I feel like before it was woohoo freedom meet everyone and then it was like oh shit like I'm gonna die alone oh my god oh my god I need to find someone I've definitely calmed down and I really understand what I value and what I need and want so I think for me a relationship is more like a nice to have but it's not a shell like not a requirement and I think a lot of people feel it's a requirement so I think I see a lot of people go into relationship because they're lonely or they're sad or like they're insecure they feel like something about them is not complete or whole and they go into a relationship to seek that thing to compensate for themselves and I think that's just very unhealthy and unbalanced and it might work out you guys might get married but you'll get divorced or I see a lot of people in unhappy marriages just because society says that getting into a relationship or getting married and having kids and that life is quote-unquote what is deemed a happy life you can be miserable in this happy life that you've concocted for yourself so I know, Juno, your perspective is a little bit different from mine. What are your perspectives of being single and raising a family and marriage and things like that? Being single is really important to me because I need to understand what my priorities are. Like you said, it's very influenced when you're in a relationship by the other person. And especially from my experience, like I escalated into relationships really fast. And I don't think I was very deliberate about what my future priorities are, what I care about and how that aligns with the other person. Definitely not now. But if I got into another relationship, it would be a much, much more deliberate approach. And I think since I moved back to New York and I'm around my family now, I realized that's one of my biggest priorities, like family. And it definitely impacts how I look at relationships. And I think that's really important. You have to understand what your biggest values are and then see how relationships can fit into that, not necessarily seeing the relationship first and then building your life around it. I think relationships can be really beautiful and important for the family. And I don't think it's just a romantic relationship necessarily. Close relationships in general are super important to be deliberate about and take care of. And I think that includes like family, close friends and romantic relationships. And it's one whole thing. And I think before I was looking at it as very isolated relationships. And I think that's why I had so much stress and uncertainty before because I felt like I had competing priorities when ideally if you're aligned on values and you do it the right way and you're being careful about getting your needs met, it shouldn't feel like competing priorities. So what are some of your concluding thoughts and advice on this area of relationships, dating, and marriage? Number one would be you have to have a level of self-awareness. If something is weird, go to therapy and get checked. And lastly, being very open about your struggles. You're in a relationship for a reason. And I think if you're really, really struggling with something, you shouldn't suffer alone. I think I would have been a lot less frustrated and unhappy if I was open about my struggles up front and maybe could have gotten checked earlier because he would have realized that what I was experiencing was not normal. So I definitely think be vocal about what you're struggling with. Don't suffer alone and to seek help either in therapy, go to a psychiatrist if you suspect that something's a little bit off. Yeah, take care of yourself. How about you, Nelly? I think being intentional about what you want and your values are, so really knowing yourself well, and then intentionally going on dates and know what you're looking from it and then communicating that effectively with someone else. So whether you're looking just for a hookup or casually dating or being in a serious relationship, be vocal, <laughs> express that, and try to understand what the other person is also intentionally wanting as well and if the other person is not intentional and they're just haha I don't know we'll see where it goes <laughs> that's your cue to leave <laughs> just know yourself know what you want and know what the other person wants and just be very aligned with those goals and don't waste your time don't waste the other person's time time is very valuable it's not something that you can get back anymore I think I especially learned this lesson just this year where we didn't know what was going to happen and maybe this is the last day that you're gonna be alive so be very intentional with how you spend your time 
And as for like dating relationships and marriage, in my personal opinion, all of this is a social construct. Even monogamy, social construct, everything is just in your head, make believe, and you don't necessarily need anything to be happy. And I think that's the core idea of where Hollywood and all these media movies play a huge role in terms of romanticizing this life with someone else as a、oh, very fairy tale like. And I think that's not for everyone. And you're okay being alone or married or with someone or with a lot of people if you want to. But it's not a necessity to have, and I think Hollywood romanticizes that so you can buy more shit like makeup, clothes. In my opinion, everything is optional, so be happy as is, and do not try to seek happiness or meaning and fulfillment in someone else. But truly understand what your values are. It's really important to have meaningful relationships with other people for your own well-being, but that doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. And I think that's where the reality is very skewed for a lot of people. A meaningful relationship with your mom, for example, or a meaningful relationship with a friend, a meaningful relationship with multiple friends, maybe a team, can make you really happy. Romantic relationships are not the only way you can get that. And with that, whether you're single in a relationship or somewhere in between, make sure you're being self-aware, intentional with your time, and that you're taking care of yourself. Thank you for listening to episode three of Two Addies and a Coffee, please.